What's up? This is Zach Osborne. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. I'm Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Guys, we are back. I'm Darkseid, and this is the Vital MX Moto X Pod Show, presented by Racetech and Boyson. We're excited to spotlight Boyson Factory Racing's Rider Support Program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. Join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers. Visit boyson.com to apply today. In studio with me once again, he runs Vital MX. He tells me and Lewis what we need to be doing. He's a butthole sometimes. And Michael. 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 No, Michael. No. Michael. 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 Michael Lindsay, what's going on, man? I can't run crap. I can't even figure out how to get this TV turned on properly. And hey. if you haven't noticed, Lewis doesn't pay attention to what I say. I don't run this. Yeah, we we've got a lot. Hang on, hang on, Lewis. Just hang on. We we have a lot. Some See, he just wants dif- to jump the gun. We have technical difficulties. A lot of new equipment with the show over the last couple of weeks. We're still trying to figure some things out. So, you guys, just bear with us. But also here with me, my friend, Texton Ship. Nothing's working properly. <laughs> Lewis Phillips. Hello. Um, off the back of Michael holding us back horrifically on this show, we're proud to announce that me, me and my friend Jamie will be starting the Siding with Lewis podcast. I want to do that intro again since it started early. God. Ultimately, I've decided on the Sexton ship. Life on the Sexton ship is sweet. Happy, happy, happy. It's like happy pills. Yes, yes. You're very happy after There may be a burst pipe because we're all so happy that (laughs) it may not be completely kosher. The the burst pipe may make the sexton ship sink? No. No? No, the fumes are making us all very um, excited. (laughs) Well, look, we're fresh off San Diego. I want to get your guys' thoughts on the event as a whole. Michael, I'm going to go to you first. New stadium, Snapdragon Stadium. A minimalistic stadium yeah pretty basic college uh, stadium the field size is actually pretty good but <laughs> it doesn't take long to walk around the place not a not a lot to it um i don't know overall okay uh pits are better than petco by quite a bit i think it's easier to get to the parking's better but the eh, stadium's yeah pretty basic doesn't have the same vibe once you're in it like like petco had Lewis, what did you think of it? It, it was it was basically it reminded me of Salt Lake City or Vegas a little bit, just a, a college stadium, basically. Oh uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've been to Sam Boyd. I've never been to Salt Lake City. Um, it didn't give me American Supercross vibes. I don't know why. Maybe just because I don't associate it with American Supercross. Um, obviously, you see the big A at Angel Stadium, and you think Supercross. You see Snapdragon, you think something else um <laughs> i did to get myself in the mood though i did start to imagine what had taken place on the land previously with qualcomm yes and that did yes. get the juices flowing a little bit so i feel like maybe they should have played that up a little bit more actually 
Uh, yeah. He, he really wanted them to just play clips from 2005 San Diego on the screen. That actually would have made him happier than any of the racing we saw. Well, we have some news on that front, and we're going to get to that in a little bit on the boys and intake open discussion. Oh, okay. But we're still we're sticking with San Diego. Mm-hmm. Once again, no press day riding. Not technically not even an official press day. There were some people there. You were a little fired up on that, Lewis. No, I just I need press day because that's how I make friends. <laughs> how else am I supposed to connect with people if I don't have press day? It's literally got press in the title. It's made for me. That is true. You did make some friends though, I think, Friday. You walked around, you got there, and you, you were a yeah. little bit perturbed that the the factory pits were as far away from confused. the stadium as possible. Yeah, I was confused. I was a new stadium. I was lost. Yeah. I was stood in the pits, and then my friend Jamie was waving at me, and I was like, oh, finally, someone I know. And I walked up to my friend Jamie, and I said to my friend Jamie, um, where am I supposed to go? Like, I was like, I'm lost. I'm like a lost child. Please, someone call my mum. And then Jamie, being the Your friend, Jamie. being the strange man that he is, took in this lost child and directed <laughs> me in the correct, correct, correct direction. Correct direction. Yeah, it's not your goal in life. You're just the lost child. You hope people will take in. Jamie just coerced me into the back of his van. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I did have a, I did have a moto van that most people called that don't ride moto. They also called it the rape van. Back home, so yeah. Oh, but no, um, I um, obviously the pit. There was no up, raping going on, by the way. The pit. Thank up, you for clarifying. The the pit setup was a lot better than Petco. Um, Petco, um, when you're sat in the press box or in the stands and you're looking out, Petco has a bit of a magical vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I enjoyed the backdrop of Snapdragon with the hills and stuff. I thought that looked cool. But yeah, as you said, Snapdragon was very basic. Yeah, and open I also air. felt like the track was basic too. But, um, I thought it was funny. I watched it back on the on the plane last night, and they just kept talking about how busy it was, which it was busy, but it still felt basic at the same time, Michael. Like, I don't know, like, what that was. It... I think busy in the sense of a lot of changing direction, of course, mm-hmm. but everything that changed direction, a couple of the riders I talked to said, yeah, whenever you would make a move, the way the track laid out pretty much put you in a position where you'd get cleaned out in the next corner, so... Every time I saw somebody make a pass, I will say, I, I don't know, I guess in some sense you would call this good racing, but in other sense not, is every time somebody made a move, somebody would basically get them back within a corner or two. So it made for not any, not very many real position changes throughout the race. Yeah, I'd be interested to what, they called it a sold out. It was sold out. That's what they said on their show, but there was a whole lot of empty seats. Did you think so? Yeah, there I was didn't, rows I, and rows I didn't of seats. Many empty section, seats. Little sections. The problem is, think every time they've ever said sold out, you go to Anaheim one. They say sold out. Yeah. You look around. You can find empty seats. Well, there was uh, rows like right below the press box. Like yeah, full those row little far rows sections. Empty. But I mean, I think they probably because the scoffers they probably actually did, did sell out. Sell yeah. out. But that's also the one bright side with that being a smaller stadium. Once you get into the mid thirty thousands, like it's pretty guaranteed you're going to get it more packed. Where I Petco has been a little empty in sections mm-hmm. last yep. couple of years. Um, at least better than Oakland. I think Oakland might have had like nine thousand people last year. It was terrible. Lewis, how how happy were you with opening ceremonies? A, a little better than A1, still maybe some bugs to work out? Um, just quickly on what he said, uh, oh. Snapdragon Stadium has a capacity of 35,000. Yep. Petco Park has 42,000. So not that big a difference. 7,000 people, not that big a deal. Um, opening ceremonies was definitely a lot better. I saw some people say that it was still rushed, but I felt like it was normal opening ceremonies. I did too. Maybe the riders could have had a little longer. Like so You couldn't really figure out what song they were coming out to because it was quite uh, snappy still. Yeah, your guy Adam said that Monday on Pulp that, yeah, I had like seven. They asked him about, did you use Damn It? 
by Blink-182 again. He goes, oh, they picked a song for me, but it doesn't matter. I only got like seven seconds anyway. So he was, he definitely noticed it was rushed yeah. for those guys. And I, I would still like, um, like I remember Adam's first year in 450s, his opening ceremonies video was really good. Right. So I'd like that back. Yep. Like, let's not even make a new one. Let's just use <laughs> the one that we had before. Um, but still, no, opening ceremonies was definitely a lot uh, better. But on, on a whole, on a whole Opening ceremonies, weather, press day. I want. I feel like I'm still waiting for Supercross to start. I, I feel you. I, I feel that too. Uh, a few more explosions and lasers this week, but still not what I want. I, I want Monster Girls with flamethrowers and. I wouldn't go that far. I want the videos. I want all the top ten to have a video that's ten seconds, fifteen yeah. seconds. I, I think that's part of the show. I used to. I I remember getting in like a legit fight with my ex wife. Because she made me miss opening ceremonies, getting ready. And I was furious because that was such a big part of the show for me, especially pre-media days. Yeah, yeah so, um, same with me. Like I, um, like uh, Calvin Vlandrian was in Anaheim 1 and I was texting him, you need to be in the stadium by 6.40. Like you yeah. cannot miss this. Right. Um, Jeremy Sewer was in San Diego. Same thing. 6.40, get yourself in that. Like, because I feel passionate but everyone else should enjoy yes. the true... Okay, the racing The racing is racing at the end of the day. I feel like opening ceremonies encapsulates what AMA Supercross is. I agree. I 100% agree. And I want to say thank you for inviting or introducing me to Sewer. No, <laughs> wait, you didn't. Sewer. Sewer. I, okay. I don't know how to introduce myself or other people. I, I sat right next to him and I was, I was waiting on Lewis to say, hey, this is my friend, Jamie. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how to make introductions. He doesn't introductions. know how to introduce himself or anything. He doesn't. Yeah, it was awkward. I well, I had fun. I'm glad you did, Michael. How about the racing itself? A little bit single file, but there was a lot of things happen. I mean, there were some guys like Styles coming on tonight. He he had a came from the back at, uh, in the main event after the issue in the first turn and rode pretty well. Like there was passing happening, not maybe at the with the leaders, but there was a lot of racing going in the mid pack. Well, especially it's kind of funny. I think back of the whole the whole night is I felt like the heat racing had better better racing like yeah. more passes in heat races because there was a lot of them that me and lewis are watching we were commenting how aggressive the guys were being in the heat race trying to make moves yeah yeah but kitchen was being aggressive with pierce but he didn't make a move but like watching Bolton guys that well where i'm Malcolm saying also went when forward you, but yeah still but, apart from that like roxon stayed where he was volan volan coming through multiple times with issues but right. 250s you had guys with bad starts moving through where mains were just like yeah, but I think I think 250 heat races, you have guys coming through because yeah. in a 250 heat race especially, There's it is so weak gap. Yeah. that if you are a fifth-place rider and you start 10th, you can hop your way into yeah. the top five quite easily. No, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, heat racing was good because of that, but mains are fall around. Um, 250 class was mellow, but I, I did enjoy the 450 class other than it also made it, it made the main feel really long. Like watching the Barsha Kenny Sexton train, that it felt like it took forever because I was just watching him lap after lap. Like something's gonna happen. For I can't. To happen. I can't blink. Yeah. I can't move away. Something is gonna happen amongst these three, and I'm not. I can't even tell you what it's gonna be, and it just never produced. I enjoyed the clinic that Chase Sexton put on in the LCQ. That was a very enjoyable four minutes. I think that this was the highlight of the night. This man was tense. I feel I, like... I, I think tense. I made a joke like, what if he doesn't make it? And he just thought I was I punched insane. Jamie in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked just, him up and was just threw like, him out you, of the press box. Just stank like dog? Stank did to Cade Clayson. Hey, a reminder, this is the Moto, the Vital MX Moto X Pod Show, episode 256. Tonight we have Stiles Robertson and Dean Wilson coming on. 
Also brought to you by Racetech. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years of providing factory-level suspension to the everyday rider. Uh, if you guys are in Colorado, you need to reach out. Go to Racetech.com to find your closest Racetech center. And if you're in the Colorado area, check out Applied Technology. Owner Tyler Sutherland previously worked in-house at Racetech on the R&D team and still he is still a full-time employee of the Colorado branch. So Racetech, guys, get your get your suspension serviced, change your fluids. If you want to if you start getting better, you're getting faster, you go get it, get the gold valves put in like I had on my bikes. I'm not really getting faster. I just want to say I had gold valves, but they work amazing. Racetech.com, find your local service center. Appreciate them being on board. Anything else on San Diego Stand Out that you guys want to touch on? I just I'm waiting for Supercross to start. A A A two round four. In a in a strange way, I'm almost disappointed that it's a triple crown this weekend. Really? Because because I still want that traditional Supercross night. Yeah. That is full of excitement and twists and turns. I don't want it to be manufactured by a triple crown. I want the traditional excitement and then give me the triple crown after that. I don't want my first excitement of the season to be, to be the manufactured triple crown. I'm a traditionalist at heart. So Houston is probably what you're looking forward to then. First first round for Lewis. The first true round of Supercross. No, triple crown will be good, but still. I mean, if Tomac wins all three, I swear to God. Oh, oh, how, how are we going to deal with that with the next post show? <laughs> I just... Just, what are you talking just, about? I, why would you even bring that up? I thought Saxon was going 15 and 2. No, it's fine. Um, obviously, we wanted to sit here and accept 16 and 1, but 15 and 2 is just fine. <laughs> it's just going to change every week. <laughs> and actually, if you include Triple Crown mains, we have even more opportunities to capture chicken true. flags. It's going to be like 19, 20, and, yep. 20 and 2. So actually, the 17... Are we going to start counting heat races in the this The 17 well number well. is still in play. No, he's count, he'll probably start counting that LCQ win here soon in that, too. Right. That's a win. That was a night. That was, a that was a moment of a night. I, I saw fans... The race of the night. I saw fans leaving after the LCQ because they felt they got their money's worth. You sure they weren't <laughs> just going to the bathroom nope, and they get I, some chicken strips? I saw them look out... Onto the stadium floor and go, we've seen what we came <laughs> we here for. Had our, we got our money's worth. Yep. We saw the Sexton ship in full operation. Now let's go. At San Diego, a couple highlights for Lewis, possibly. Again, I mentioned Jeremy Sewer being there. Mm -hmm. Your boy. No more no more Saturdays with Sewer. Is that the case? He let me down. He just didn't feel like doing it or what happened? No, he... He, he he arranged, to be fair... He was stolen. I didn't push it at all. And he said to me, we're doing it. And I was like, okay, what yeah. time? And he's six. I was like, okay, I'll see you at six. And he messaged me, bang on six, and said, are we doing it? And I was like, yep, sure thing. And then 15 minutes later, he messaged me saying he's been caught up and he wasn't going to make it. And we haven't spoken since, to be honest with you, because we're not on good wow. terms. Wow. What mm -hmm. was he caught up doing? Uh, Yamaha monster stuff. These people pay him money. That's not important. No, they pay him well, money. Do you but not pay him enough? No, I don't. I pay him in exposure. <laughs> Without exposure. me, no one would know who he was. What kind of exposure are we really? talking about here? Without me, no one would know. Is that how you feel about Chase Sexton? Uh, that's my next topic. Oh. Uh, did you did you get to spend any time with AC or I Chase? I did interview AC. Okay. There was, a, there was a San Diego 2005 mention. Twice, actually. AC or RC? AC. AC. Okay. Oh, I do it with everyone. Okay. Okay. Um, I have not he, yet he managed to interview Chase Sexton. But you didn't moment I thought of you silence. Saw him. I saw him. Okay. We had a moment. Or maybe ML saw him and talked to him about no. you. Oh. Is that what I remember? I did bring it up to him. I said, have you seen Lewis today? He said, no, but that guy's great. Wow. That guy is great. The feeling's mutual. <laughs> 
I, I just fully expect him to thank me on the podium when he gets up there. So what was the highlight of your day at San Diego? Which one of those moments? Oh. Or, or was it just Chase winning the heat race? What was it? It was nice to see Sewer. Yeah. I also got to bro down with Carmichael for a bit. That was nice. Um, yeah, sadly, it's not the racing because the racing wasn't great. It right. really wasn't. Like, I'm, I'm struggling for, like, storylines to latch onto, you know? Like, um, the results were the same as Anaheim 1 for the most part. Tomac's great. We know that. Webb's good. We know that. Yep. Sexton, although he didn't finish third, he would have finished third had he not been uh, bumped by Barsha. I won't say taken out because that's a bit aggressive. Um, he may have finished second, but still, that would have been the same three riders as we had at Anaheim 1. If you look at the series standings so far, then there aren't really any riders who have variation in their results. Everyone's fairly similar. Yeah, for I, sure. I want... Oh, Tomac finished first at A1, but eighth at San Diego. What, so where is he? What does that mean? Uh, Malcolm finished 22nd at Anaheim 1, but won San Diego. Where, what does that... Like, I want variation and I want talking points. D doesn't that make you, in retrospective, appreciate last year even more how crazy the first couple rounds were? I am clinging to the fact that although in the past two seasons, I believe, we've had four winners in four rounds, the end result of the season wasn't overly exciting so i'm hoping this time it's been reversed and the opening of the season may not be amazing but it will come around in the end so they all come around clearly malcolm is on a trajectory to get a podium if he can keep things oh, together yeah. and speaking of clearly x-brand goggles has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available using some of the most grueling conditions by 2022 gncc xc2 champion Lyndon Snodgrass, the 2022 GNCC ATV Pro Champion Bryson Neal, Factory Huskies Craig DeLong, Babbitt Kawasaki's Josh Strang, and Grant Baylor. On the Supercross side, Chris Blows and the AGE Motorsports team, Freddie Norn, John Short, Ryan Brees, and Bubba Polly all trust X-Brand. Visit your local dealership and ask for X-Brand, distributed through WPS. I want to talk about Malcolm. Malcolm was fastest qualifier, won his heat. And he came from behind a little bit, was cutting down very aggressively, and just consistently was accelerating out of corners faster than Kenny, AC, Dylan. And then things just sort of fell apart in, in the main. But what is going on with him, Michael? I think it's, he's, he's right there. Is he just pushing a little too hard? I think so. I mean, he, he played conserv a little bit conservative last season. I mean, amazing statistic. I think he was top five at 14 rounds or something in the 17. And – I mean, I feel like kind of everybody had the same consensus when talking about him coming into this year is we need to see a little bit more Uki fever back out of him. We need to see something to, to push him towards finally getting that first win. And um, from talking to him, he just kind of seems like he, he admits to just making mistakes, just trying to push himself and put himself in that position. It Does it suck to see? Yes, but I'm still actually... I'm actually a little more excited to see that than if he would have just started this year the same way as last year. At least I see him trying to go a little bit extra to try to get that win. And even though he had those incidents, I my percentage pie of him getting his first win this season has actually gone up, at least in, okay. in my opinion. Question, question for the room. When you watch Malcolm, do you think he looks different to last year? No, I, don't look at times. Ignore yeah. every, Just watch him. Yes. You, I, I did. In the heat race, absolutely I did. In the I, way of more aggressive than I yes. think, like, intensity overall, yes. See, I don't see it. Really? I don't think I do. Like, I don't know if I think he's riding on the edge. I, in that same breath, I don't know what to put the crashes down to then. Yeah. But I don't see a massive difference to last year, because he had moments last year in heats and things like that. 
Um, and I, okay, maybe I'm not talking about a heat race so much, but in the main event, I didn't feel like he was overriding to get to the front as quickly as possible. See, I think, at least my opinion, is I think the intensity is a little, uh, not drastic, but I think it is a little bit more a little earlier, where I felt like last year he was a little better for long run pace. I feel like he's trying a little bit harder right off the bat this year. Uh, right from gate drop. Okay, I could I could maybe subscribe to that. Like first two, three laps. I could subscribe to that. Yes. I I need to see what happened with his whoops crash. Yeah. Because that's a mystery to me. Because maybe if we see clear footage of that, then it becomes very apparent whether he yeah. just made a mental he, error or was riding too hard. He I, told me he hit a rock and he knew it was there, but he said he picked the wrong line coming in that lap and the rear hit it. So... I mean, I still haven't seen video. I don't know if there is, but the way he described it to me is he clipped a rock and basically cartwheeled into the corner. Okay. I, what I'm seeing, what I was really paying attention to was his corner speed and how tight he was cutting down, which we keep hearing how much they've improved those frames. And, and he was just, he would come from behind a guy in the corner and then accelerate in front of the out in front of them and it just seemed like he was charging into the corners and out so much quicker what i like seeing in in the heat race is not only him cutting down but also his bike position after he'd make a move there were so many times where he would get get a drive on somebody he'd immediately move over and capture their line or shut them down from jumping in a certain way in the next rhythm so i thought his race craft was also really good i thought he his he was very thoughtful on his bike placement how he was battling the guys in that heat race question for the room Again, um, who is most likely to win the triple crown? Malcolm, Kenny, or just those two? <laughs> I'm going to go Malcolm. Malcolm, I'm not very confident in Ken right now. But you, but I ask because I feel like Kenny could win the triple crown by going three two two, whereas Malcolm may go one sixteen two. That's true. Not a bad point. See, I, I guess uh, you're having to subscribe to a whole nother thing, though. You're saying, oh, Kenny would get with it. Two, three, two, or something. So, what are we saying is happening to Eli and Chase during this? Right. Well, Chase would obviously go one, 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 and then maybe um, he'll get protested by someone, and that's why he won't win the overall. Um, maybe he just means who's going to win out of those two. Yes, that's like, what I'm gonna, Don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to finish better, Malcolm or Ken? I, if we're just going finish is better at the Triple Crown based on the first couple rounds or first two rounds, I would go Kenny. I yes. think Kenny will be more consistent now. Would I? I wouldn't be surprised if Malcolm wins a main at Triple Crown this weekend. But like you said, has issues in a main. I feel that it is a matter of urgency for Malcolm to win a main event as soon as possible because I don't think that these mistakes go away until he gets that monkey yeah. off his back. You kind of can't back. You can't start the season throwing it away and then go to Mister Conservative. Like you have right. to prove yep. a point. You have to finish what you started yeah. he and just, get the win. He needs to get the monkey off his back because I fully. He said to me. I've said it a million times. He said to me before Anaheim won. He is not thinking about that first win. He doesn't care. It's not a priority. I beg to differ, sir. After the riding that I have seen through two rounds, I agree. I agree. He he needs a win, and I I pick him. So he's going to win one of the main events or whatever we want to, whatever we're calling them at at the Triple Crown. Um, he won't win the overall though. Question for you, Jamie. I realize I'm asking a lot of questions, but I no, it's good. I care I about it. your opinion, friend. It's interesting. He's not just telling us his opinion. No, 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 no. I ain't having that either. We'll get to that in <laughs> no, the slag no, off no. your bloody bloke bloke thing because yeah. that FXRs. pisses me off. Remember that. I've okay. got something to say about that. You remember? Um, remind me <laughs> <laughs> about opinions. Um, okay. Um, me and Michael discussed this on the uh, post-race show. Who, how many riders do you think will win a main event this year now and name them? Oh, Jesus. Uh, 
Chase. Yep, obviously. Duh. <laughs> Duh. 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 Uh, yeah, that's it. No, um... That's it. Agreed. <laughs> I knew what? I liked you. Wow. Tell me, somehow we haven't talked about Tomac even though he's yeah. won two races. Coop, well, I mean, oh, well, I, already, I didn't think I was picking Eli because he's already No, won. how many guys will win this year and who are they? Eli, yeah. Chase, Cooper, Jason Anderson. That's what I said. Look at that. Great minds think alike. I like I, I said I said the exact same, except I added Malcolm. I went for the traditional oh. five people winning. I, I think we have less winners this year. I really do. I see nothing so far yeah. that makes me think that Kenny, Malcolm, Barsha are going to be able to sneak in there. I think I did say, actually, that if I had to pick a fifth, I would go Barsha. I think you did, yeah. But I, do, I see nothing. I see nothing yeah. right. that and makes it, me think that I mean, someone else is going to slide in there. I don't see it yet either. We are only two rounds in, and they've been kind of weird. I mean, I barely count A1 because of... Just it's a one and the okay, conditions. Yeah. So, I feel like I need to see a couple more rounds. I do feel like a couple guys are going to get better. They always do. And obviously, injuries make it right. easier for right. guys to get in there. I'm also very excited that we have a triple crown, and then we have Houston because I also kind of want to get to East Coast because oh, yeah, I'm already yeah. so worried West Coast is going to be a snoozer. Yeah, yeah. I, it's and then come right back for another West Coast round at Oakland. Uh, we have two East before we come back yeah. to West. Yeah, we go Houston, Tampa. Then Oakland, um, then Dallas. and then Dallas. I yeah. took a nap in the 250 main event. It was nice. We've got about 10 minutes before we get Styles on. Uh, do you want to talk about the Barsha-Anderson tweet, the incident? I, I don't think the Jason Anderson pass was bad. I thought it was actually a pretty decent block pass. Yeah, yeah I would. But I don't know what it stems from it, unless it's last year. It's got to be last year of some sort because everything that the little bit that Jason spoke, it didn't really seem like there was anything that happened during the day. Uh, Justin mentioned the press conference, nothing else happened. And then I talked to him privately, like off interview. And he's like, no, we never were near any each other anywhere during the day. Um, so I think that's definitely odd. And, and like I said, my, my biggest thing is not that the crash or sorry, the, the pass was fine. Yep. I think, Justin totally agrees with that. I think most people that watch that would be totally cool with that, the way that Anderson made that move. I just think the ugly is just the way it's totally handled afterwards, partially the fact that the tweet ends up on TV, Anderson deletes it, the bitch comment uh, gets brought up on the press conference. Albeit at the press conference when Barsha does the oh yeah is hilarious. You have no idea how many times Chris Kiefer did that this weekend. He was dying laughing when he saw it. Watched it four or five times, and then all weekend. He's oh, been tweeting about yeah. yeah. Um, and then just, yeah, what, what it leaves over, and then what it also does for Jason's championship. <sighs> I keep going back to this. Picked him for the title. And yeah. now, like, my main reasoning was, oh, he'll he'll make less mistakes, get into less incidents. And round two, we're into, into yeah. the weeds. Lewis, it goes back to my question for him at the press conference, the opening round press conference, where I was like, are you going to be able to not go out of your mind, basically, Jason? You have to learn from these things that this this is hurting your results. These stupid decisions didn't really have an effect on the night overall. Probably not. But those kind of things are going to get him taken out by Barsha again. Or yeah, it's weird because what he did on the championship, what he did in the heat race was fine, and it actually didn't hurt his um, race or result or anything at all. So from that perspective, maybe it was an improvement over last year. But still, like, why Why are you doing this? Like, I would almost, I would understand it more if Barsha T-boned him two turns previously. But we're on Wednesday night now. And as of yet, no one has figured out whether anything happened, right. what the reason was. So if so, why are you doing that? 
you're like you're a championship guy. You you have got bigger fish to fry than revenge for whatever happened last year in a heat race. Be the bigger man. Make your point. If you want to make a point, make your point by passing him, riding away, and beating him by ten seconds. And then we'll all sit on this podcast and go, "Well, nice, good, nice." He's, he's finally work. matured. Yeah, like yeah. I just don't just take some accountability, figure your shit out, and you know, let's do this. I want to thank the guys at Prox, which is rooted in racing for motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha and SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Prox has thousands of part numbers covering almost any wear item on your bike, all manufactured by OEM and highly reputable suppliers and offered at a budget-friendly price. Find Prox at your favorite local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search parts for your bike. Um, yeah, I think, I just think Jason's, it's the, like, you're in the middle of a race or you're at the end of the night and you're making a tweet. It just, like, you're, he's too focused on things that aren't important. See, I struggle because in, also at the same time, I like the tweet. Because it's you exciting. Like, okay. and it, it is. Okay. It, it's, we do in. All right, Daniel Blair. At, at the same time, we do need no, more he, stuff he, like that. Yeah, he's, he, Lewis is on point there. Like, mm -hmm. it is hard. It, you're criticizing the one or two little pieces of emotion we see coming out of it. And that, that in itself is wrong if we're just like, oh, back to the, everybody has to be robots and they can't say That's anything true. bad about each other. It's just, again, I guess, like, if he had tweeted that, okay, if they had gone into it in practice, and then that happened, the heat race tweet. I actually would almost be more okay with, like, be more understanding. I just keep coming back to the when did anything else happen that escalated? Because right. that feels like such an escalated moment kind of thing. Like, I'm waiting for somebody to be talking about, oh, well, didn't you see them in practice stuffing each other? Or, or in, they the, got, in the tunnel, maybe something happened. Yeah, <laughs> or he got in the way of his fast lap. Like, then I would expect something like that. And I'd be like, <laughs> quote Kiefer oh yeah. yeah oh yeah this is this is where I'm at if something could clearly happen beforehand then I don't care it's fine what he did yeah. with everything the pass was fine anyway it was just a pass like whatever that's good that's fine nothing bad to say about there just if something happened he needs to come out and tweet and go by the way everyone this happened this in practice because that changes the narrative but as far as we know Barsha didn't actually complain and if he did who cares if if you are going to tweet that purely on the basis that Barsha complained to you, where where is your head yeah. at on race day? <laughs> and, exactly. And the last That's one is this is just from watching from the stands. You you never know, but the just what you're able to see. So Jason comes over the finish line, immediately goes left, and then that triple. So he's rolling because he's finished. He parks on the double part of that triple, looks back, and already starts nodding at Barsha and panic revving at him. So Barsha hadn't even gone around far enough to like yell anything at him yet. So at least. From where we're sitting, I thought that he he's the one that did the incident and then was escalating it after they crossed the finish line. So, again, I'm sitting here going, I have to have missed there something. More to the something story. happened that I don't know about. Right. It's dumb. It's Founded <laughs> in 1853, Motul is a 170-year-old company that is present in over 160 countries globally, offering exclusive technologies in their patented Ester Core technology for your machine. Motul's experts have developed a wide range of dedicated products for the specific requirements of each power sport vehicle. Trusted by race teams such as Honda HRC Europe with five-time MXGP world champion Tim Geyser, reigning or greening across champion Kyle Peters, and the entire Phoenix Honda team, along with former Dakar winner Ricky Brabeck. Motul provides an element of confidence for you and your machine 
to be able to withstand the most grueling conditions on the track or on the trail. Champions choose Motul. Um, five minutes. So, speaking, we'll stay on the Barca topic for just a minute, ML. Like, there's theories out there that Ken Roxon was scared, basically. Just didn't know what to do with Barca to pass him. I don't... I, I do think the riders second guess when par- passing Barsha of what he may do, but I don't really think that he would just wasn't willing to pass him because he was afraid of what he might do. I, I really think Kenny is just struggling. I mean, it, I guess to find struggling compared to last weekend, he was way in the correct direction. True. Um, again, back to that track. So he did make a move and Justin got him back. Got him right back. Yep. And didn't really, I wouldn't say parked him, but kind of got a little aggressive to get back by him, but nothing, nothing really to write home about. Um, but yeah, if you're racing Barsha and you're on a track that again, you realize every place you make a pass kind of puts you in a, in a situation for the next corner. I could see with him, like kind of second guessing myself a little bit, like, okay, you're kind of maybe, maybe Kenny, that's why I hung behind him for so long. Like, Oh, I got to wait for him to make a big enough mistake that I can get him and get by him. Cause he realized after he tried to make the first move on him, like, okay, he's going to be able to come back on me. I'm not that much faster than him tonight. The track's not lending me to be able to get away. So yeah, he might have been kind of awaiting his time. I mean, you see the same thing. Chase gets to Kenny. There just wasn't enough separation in the rhythm lanes. Nobody could really do anything different. I didn't think they were difficult enough or rough enough. You know, section-wise, the guys were making a mistake. Almost every lap, they would do every rhythm perfect, other than the the triple-triple by the mechanics area. But even, I don't know, that, depending how far swept out the corner was, like, it didn't make that big of a time difference. Yeah. So I like that big that triple I like the one especially coming out of the mechanics area because yeah. the way I had the rut in, it looked a little sketchy. Yeah, that's um, cool. Lewis, uh, thoughts on Kenny? Just I, um, I, When I say struggling, I just feel like he's not as confident as he has been in the past in what he can do with the bike. But. Uh, yeah, I do not think he's struggling. One. Okay. Two, who come up with a theory that he was scared to pass Barsha? Was I, it I, you? No. Okay, because that's no. dumb also. Okay. And if that was you, I've just I've we need heard, to have a I've word. Heard those theories. Okay, if that, if that was you, we need to have a word. Okay. Who are these um, people? Is this like Weege? We've heard from the people. Yes, we've heard from the people. No, um, the people have spoken. That ba- means you came up with it. Barsha ba- did very well in San Diego. <laughs> um, Kenny also did very well in San Diego, and so did Chase. Everyone in that group did very well. Improvement on A one for Kenny yep. clearly yep. looked a lot better. Um, could he have passed Barsha? Eh, I don't know. He was right there, but that track didn't exactly lend itself to passing. Name really any passes we saw. Not much. Um, I think there's no real criticism of what Kenny did in San Diego. Okay. Oh, you got Yeah, we got a guest coming up. WUSA is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Smith, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jerry McGrath, just to name a few, we have the wheels you need. We have the exclusive W Edge wheel set starting at $799. If you're looking to just freshen up your stock wheels, we can help. Give us a call or check us out at our website, WUSA.com, for, or follow us on Instagram. I am blowing this. That's what you get for trying to read it Yeah, fast. I'm trying to read it too fast. Because- Tonight, WUSA brings us from Star Yamaha, Mr. Styles Robertson. What's up, Styles? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, packing up here in Tallahassee. Yeah, how's it? Uh, how's the East Coast, man? You like flying back every week? Yeah, it honestly hasn't been bad. We've gotten lucky with the rain and stuff. Um, this week we actually did get hit with rain, um, so we just rode yesterday. But I mean, it hasn't been bad because uh, we've gotten a lot of testing in and just good seat time um, here at our place. So first season on the Yamaha, obviously a big change coming off the Husky. 
what are you most comfortable with on the bike? What are you struggling with? What do you feel like you need to improve on bike wise setup? Um, I think we came in pretty stiff, uh, for a one, you know, just the practice track doesn't, um, get as, you know, broke down or rough as the race and a one, we kind of realized that. And, uh, you know, we came back and made the adjustments after that. The team was unreal. We tested Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. And we tried, I mean, everything. <laughs> and, uh, we found a setting that was really good. And it's kind of similar to what the 450 guys were on. And, uh, it, it really helped. Um, so as of right now, I think we're in a really good spot. The bike, you know, goes to the loops good. Um, San Diego was able to turn under a lot of people, which I was really struggling with that Anaheim was my turns and, and San Diego, I got to, uh, really put that to work. Uh, so I think now we got a, a pretty good package. Um, I just need to get off the gate is kind of my thing right now. Um, and it, we actually did get off the gate in the main event, but, uh, chaos broke out after. Yeah. That you got lucky in that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I got, I got really lucky. <laughs> hey, Styles, ML here. Um, question for you on the the team's vibe and and just attitude towards the results between you and Levi the first uh, two rounds. Star has a certain reputation of expecting a lot from their guys. I mean, they are a top quality uh, team. Has won the most, you know, two fifty championships last couple of years. Like, were they pretty well recognizing where you guys were off on bike setup? Did you feel much pressure after the first round or two from them, or has it been pretty decent so far? No, it's been unreal. The support has been something that I haven't experienced before of, you know, how willing and open open they are to try and whatever, um, whenever, you know. And after A1, it was no blame on anybody. It was just kind of like, hey, we all, you know, we all can be better. Um, obviously, you know, I didn't ride well and I, I knew that and, um, but I mean, no, they've been super helpful. Um, and like, yeah, they've, they honestly haven't pointed fingers at us at all. Like, you know, they, they know what we got to work on and it's been, it's been really good. Like I've actually been surprised at how helpful and supportive they've been. Are you, um, are you putting more pressure on yourself riding for this team? Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, it's it, like, like you guys said, it's the most dominant to the team there is out right now um and you know when you're not when you're not doing that i've never i've never had the comments i guess and i know i shouldn't be reading them but i've never gotten the comments like i have like oh you know they styles and levi suck like we're terrible <laughs> right, and right. i've never got that before so it's kind of funny but uh i mean I, so far i mean they've been super helpful and i cannot i mean swanee Brad, Jeremy, Jensen, I mean, Bobby, to everyone has been really, really helpful and hasn't, I mean, I haven't got in trouble at all. I mean, it's just been, it's been all positive and all, all getting better. Hey, one that's kind of a weird subject. I'm actually laughing. It's popping up in our, in our chat quite a bit right now. And I, I don't know whose interview it was. I don't know if it was from swaps, but people keep referencing you saying something about a spotter. And the way I heard it was more of a joking term, but a bunch of people keep taking it dead seriously. I think you got like somebody in your, you got a calm, calm in your helmet telling you, you can turn left now, buddy. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I guess they can think what they want, right? Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. No, I mean, obviously I don't. Obviously, obviously I do not have a spotter. I didn't know this. And I was talking to my dad on the phone and he's like, you know, people think you have a spotter. I said, what? He goes, yeah, people think you have a spotter. I was like, no, I just come from, I mean, I come from Bakersfield. There's dirt track, asphalt. Like we come from, you know, like that kind of racing where you always have like, you know, people on the side of the track where you have NASCAR, there's a spotter. And I was just being funny, making a joke, you know, like, 
oh, I have my spotter shit. I wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful what you say these days, Styles. I know. I should have ran with it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Should've... Oh, you should. You should oh, be like, here. just like have a fake picture of like an eye home or something in your helmet. Screw with people. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm listening to people on. Yeah. Yeah, I should. I should get a hold of Carta, uh, however you say that. Yeah, Carta. Carta system and see if they want to throw some money my way. And I'll, right. I'll, I'll say that's what's in my ear. <laughs> uh, Lewis asked you a minute ago about the pre- putting more pressure on yourself with this team. I can see that also affecting you negatively. If, you know, if, if you don't do well on a team that's so successful, that's that that's a bad look, right? It's really it, it's putting that pressure on yourself is good, but it could also be bad. Like, how do you find that line? Um, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if I've found it yet. Okay. Um, I know, I know. I mean, honestly, at San Diego in the main event, I don't think I rode terrible. Like, yes, I didn't ride great. I mean, I was in, you know, I was battling with people through the main event. So, yeah, obviously, my best lap time is not going to be what the front guys were. But I also didn't give myself a chance to see the pace. You know, I was kind of back there and, you know, just a different pace. You know what I mean? A different mm-hmm. group. Um, so I wasn't. I mean, obviously, I'm mad. I got six, but. At the end of the day, I rode 15 minutes. I didn't fade. I didn't really drop off that bad. Um, so I wasn't honestly really mad. Um, I'm obviously mad. Um, but I've never honestly felt like I rode like kind of that, like almost not like myself, but I just rode good, like okay for 15 minutes. And I don't feel like I've done that. Like I didn't pump up. The bike was good. So there was a lot of positives to take from it. And I know that, you know, with the right start and putting myself in a better position where I see the pace and I'm with the guys, it's just going to, you know, it, I, I couldn't be, I mean, that was a bad night. I got a bad start and I was six. So we were in, trending in the right direction from Anaheim one's night, you know? Yeah, I think in all honesty, the sixth isn't terrible considering how the first turn went. I, I think at the end of the first lap, they had you credited in 12th or something like that, but you were close to dead last coming out of the first turn and, so I mean, you had yeah. a lot. Of, you and had then a lot I to deal stalled with. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you then stalled, I stalled it? it like a yeah, like a complete. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I've never stalled the bike ever. I've never stalled it, and I stalled it, and I was like, oh my gosh. I think Varese and maybe someone else got around me. Um, which I mean, it's my fault. Like I stalled the motorcycle, and it kind of jacked me up from that rhythm section. But no, looking at like total time and stuff like that, you know, um, it wasn't. It wasn't obviously what we wanted, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't terrible, you know. Being um being completely honest, like what do you think that you can do this year if everything goes well? Like, truthfully, I think you can win a main event. Like, I think you're that good. I think you're quite underrated in Supercross. And I'm not just saying that because you're on a star bike. If you were still on the Husky, I think you would be on that level as well. Um, do you kind of expect something similar from yourself? No, I mean I I I think, you know, that my ability and, and everything I'm I'm capable to win a supercross and um, right now, I think, you know, I really want to get on the podium this weekend. That's like my goal. You know, I think it's completely doable. Um, and it's something that, you know, I want, and I think for sure, once, you know, once you get a podium, it gets easier. Um, and I really, I really just want to get on the box or, or do something because I'm so tired of just having that Daytona podium. It, that haunts me, pisses me off. Everyone just says, oh, you know, Daytona is different. Daytona is different. So I really want to get that podium and that monkey off my back and like, no, I can do it on a normal supergrass track. Like, that's really my goal right now. Then once I get the podium, you know, chip away, you know, towards a win. But uh, absolutely, yeah, I, I definitely think I'm, I'm capable of it for sure. 
um, just, you know, putting it together. I was curious coming to the team. Well, signed your deal of course probably before we were all aware but you came into this offseason still kind of nursing an injury so you wouldn't have been I would say on the bike uh, as early as some of your teammates uh what point did you in, you know that you were going to end up racing west coast because I'll be honest up until a couple weeks before a one I, I really thought you would probably be east due to preparation time and then we you know kind of started hearing that you would probably be uh, lining up at a one yeah I think I found out I'm trying to remember I think three weeks before A1, two or three weeks before A1, um, it kind of was bouncing between a couple of us. Um, so we didn't really know. And then I got the got the hint kind of like, hey, it's going to be you and Levi. And uh, that's when I was, I kind of, I was like, all right, maybe so. But then it would bounce back and forth. Like one day it would be Levi and Nick. One day it was me and Nate, you know, it just kind of was changing. And uh, I think it's honestly a good thing because it, keeps you all ready um which i think is kind of mentally was good for me um but yeah i think i want to say i found out about like for sure the confirmation was probably two weeks before so you've been at at the baker's factory for years with the husky team what's how different is the training now with swanee and the group uh you know how what's the difference is it less grueling yeah, I, I know Alden's pretty strict on diet, that kind of stuff. What What's different? What's better? What's worse? I mean, I don't know. If, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's it's like, the you know, here, you, when you when you have a hard day, it's a hard day, you know? And here, you're, you're riding a lot and, and kind of, it's a lot of focus on the motorcycle as well as the gym where um, sometimes, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I it's almost they kind of both have like differences, but it's the same. If that makes sense, yeah, but I, I know that sounds weird, but no. it's it's similar. And I think any program at the top level of these trainers, they kind of all are pretty similar in in some sort. It so, but are you saying were you saying that at Alden's it may be focused on off the bike a little more than on the bike? Is that kind of what you're hinting at, or no? Am I misunderstanding? Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit. Um. You know, there you're kind of, you had your laps and you had, you know, to, you had those laps to get good where here, you know, you're struggling. They're not afraid to change it. Or mm. maybe you're doing really good on the bike, but you're fading at 10 minutes. Well, okay, we're going to hit the gym harder. You know, it's just here. They're not afraid to adjust, customize it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. You know, adjust to, to it. Um, but honestly, I was hurt a lot there at Ellen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I never even got a full off season, but, uh, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, Swanee's really good at kind of knowing every rider. Um, and and I mean, I, I'm still really really tight with Mike Brown. I mean, he came and seen me before the night show at San Diego, um, and that's how me and Mike were too. So it's. I mean, I I love them both, and uh, I think they're they're similar but different. Okay. Have you um have you struggled to get used to the new people at Star, the new vibe? Because obviously at the Baker's Factory hanging out with Dean and Jalik and Brownie, as you said, like that was a good time. I feel like it suited you well. So has it been hard to get used to maybe things being a little more serious now? Yeah, honestly, it did. Um, at first, I didn't know who to talk to, what to say. I kind of just sat in my, my chair in the locker room and just kind of listened to everybody. But uh, now I've kind of, I've, yeah, now I've kind of, <laughs> I uh, found my place, I guess. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've all been kind of 
finding our our you know kind of figuring each other out because you know uh with me being new and Smitty was already there so you know they kind of they were already had a relationship and then uh Gilliam kind of is there too so kind of me and Gilliam were the, the oddballs out but now we're all we're all it's a good group it's actually pretty funny but uh first no I was I was awkward I didn't know what to say <laughs> I was curious on track with even though at Baker's you guys rode together, there was kind of that separation of like Alden's A guys rode one super cross track, like you and the Brownie group would be on a different one with all you guys on one track with it being a lot of 250 guys. Um, what's the intensity like? Cause I, I've heard comments about riding a go farm is just how much intensity there is every day with all those guys. Uh, yeah, that's where I've been. Honestly, it has been a rude awakening for me at the beginning. Like, when these guys come out and we do our sprint laps, it is insane. Like at first, I will be the first one to tell you, I was a fish out of water. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys' intensity is like insane. Where now I'm, I've gotten a little bit better, but that's something I still need to, you know, work on. Is when you're here, your your intensity is 100% every time that your bike is on the track. Like there's no lollygagging around, and and every day. I think because there's enough guys here and enough, um, like, I mean, we can all say it. I, everyone's got an ego and wants to be the fastest. So there's enough of us here that it is gnarly. We're there. It was, you know, me, Julie, and RJ. So one day, like, one guy might be like, all right, he's going to be faster. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. settle. But here, it's everyone. Everyone is just wide open. Um, so it's pretty gnarly. But I think that helps us so much in the long run. Like, the intensity is insane. And I've heard... I haven't got to experience it, but I heard for outdoors it's even gnarlier. So I guess we will we will find out shortly. So when we were there for the uh, YZ450 press launch, um, I know I saw uh, Jeannie hanging around, uh, Ricky's mom, and I heard that she still comes and helps out. And I talked to Ricky about it, and he's like, yeah, my, my parents still like going out of the property and doing stuff. Um what, because uh, I would have been, I think, right before you got back to riding, you weren't, you weren't riding Supercross yet when I was there. Have you gone to work with her yet? And are all the stories true? Is she also fairly uh, a fairly Darling. intense lady? <laughs> so actually, I've worked with Jeannie in the past. I worked with her in um, 2015. Um, I was there for like a Fox camp, or yeah, maybe Fox had a camp there, and then I ended up staying for like a week, and then. Um, 2017, when I first got on big bikes, I came down before Minios and then before Freestone. So I had, I had some time with her and, uh, yeah, I love Jeannie. She's the best. Um, she'll, she'll let you know, <laughs> she'll let you know how it is. And, uh, yeah, she's definitely gnarly, but, uh, somehow I have a soft, like she has a soft spot for me. So I don't know what it is. Cause when I first, when I first came back from my ankle i'll be the first to tell you i was i was a little chubby i had a good i had a good uh injury like i was just sitting on a couch i couldn't walk for a little bit so i definitely gained the lbs and the joke was was i was you know the chubby kid and the first day that Jeannie was there she was like don't say that about my styles and swanee was like couldn't believe it that she was like had a soft spot for me because nice. she hasn't really had one for anybody and i was like yes Small wins. That's favorite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't let Ricky get. Well, she didn't want Ricky chubby. That wasn't allowed. She was. She was. He was, but she didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel bad because, like, the couple times I met her, she's really not. She is really nice. At least, like, I I can get it. I've watched how she. 
I think her big thing is just it's no BS. Like if you came off the track and had an excuse for why you blew a corner or anything, I just don't think she takes excuses. Mm. Like she just is no BS in that sense. But other than that, she's really nice to talk to. I think she, yeah, she's she's literally so sweet and it's funny. Like I think that's just kind of how she is. She she act like she is smarter than everyone kind of thinks. I I'm like kind of looking from the outside in and she kind of reads you, you know what I mean? And doesn't say much at first and then kind of gets her impression. Um, but yeah, no, she definitely, if she thinks you're doing wrong, she will tell you. It's funny. That's good. Uh, stars Robertson brought to you by WUSA. Visit WUSA.com and use that promo code Moto X pod show to save first triple crown of the year coming up styles. How do you prepare differently mentally What's different? What do you do? You like triple crowns? Give give us the rundown for you. Um, I've honestly, I don't even know how many triple crowns I've done. Like, <laughs> Not I think many I've only done one. Okay, I don't know honestly, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind them. I think I hope it gets rough. Um, our bike's been really good when it gets rough and shoot up more. So yeah, I hope it gets rough and gnarly, and I hope that I can. Um, tame the beast on the start and get good starts and, and uh, we'll have a good night. Last question, I guess you talked about working on certain things, you know, you where you need to get to, to be on the podium, but give me the, the most important thing that you know has to change or has to get better for you to get on the podium this weekend. What's the one, is starts. it just starts? Starts. Yeah. Triple crown starts. Okay. So if you get, if you get a good start, how wide of a bike can you ride? I mean, you're going to get, get your elbows out. You know, we're going to, we're gonna push well, jet wide. We're gonna take your ex, your ex teammate. My, yeah. <laughs> hopefully my speed's good enough where I don't have to do that. But uh, no, I think just a good start. And I think in our class three consistent good mains um, with good starts, and you'll be in a good position. All right, Styles. Hey, man, we're looking forward to it this weekend. We'll see you in just a few days back here in Anaheim. Uh, you have to make that trip back west. That's not a fun trip, but look forward to seeing you at a two. Technically, it's round four, supposedly. I don't understand that, but we're going to see you, man. I hope to see you up on the podium, on the box. Yep, that's the plan. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks, Styles. All right, yeah. That's Styles Robertson, brought to you by WUSA. Thoughts? Thoughts? Uh, I just think that he is criminally underrated as a yeah. rider. I've said it a few times. I think I said it on our preview shows. Um, I've said it, yeah, I've said it a lot. I think he can be quite good. I, if he won a main event, say he wins one of the three main events this weekend, I would not be blown away. I would, okay, I would maybe raise an eyebrow, but okay. I would go, okay. And again, I feel like it's important to preface this. I'm not saying that because he's on a star bike. Right, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, I mean, I think it helps... But I agree. I think he has more talent and ability than people have given him credit for. Well, one we didn't talk about, I thought about asking, but it's kind of old news, is last year when he podiumed at Daytona, I mean, he came into that season with basically no time on the bike. If you watch the, the Rockstar series, they do. he explains it pretty well. He had done, what was his hip, hip or pelvis pretty badly? Yeah. He'd only pelvis, been back on the bike, I think, two or three, like two weeks before East Coast started. And that type of injury, you're you're not able to run, train, do anything. So, I mean, he was basically coming off the couch in the East Coast, and he was really solid last year at a lot of rounds. He had really good moments, and for a kid that's been hurt a lot coming into the season, I think even the year before he kind of struggled with some stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think we really, to to Lewis's point, underrated, I, I think we barely have started to see what Styles is capable of in a sense. Like, we haven't seen the best of him 
because he hasn't even really had the opportunity to put that out there. I agree with that. Styles is the most exciting rider on Star Yamaha currently. Stamp that. West and East Coast. Yep. Okay. If I am more excited about him than J-Mart. J-Mart's not on Star. Wow. Yeah. Club MX. (laughs) So there you go. Hey, I caught it. I caught it. Um, No. The fact that you said it, though. I feel like that is controversial. If I was Bobby Reagan, I would be most excited about this Styles guy and what I can take him to and what he could potentially achieve. I believe in Styles for no reason other than I just see it. Okay. Would you like to invite him to the Sexton ship? Yeah, with he, you? he might be on the. No. Are you the Sexton ship is fairly exclusive. The Styles. Can't get too busy. Styles <laughs> runway. <laughs> the Styles runway. What even is that? That's not <laughs> the like Roberts. That's sty- that. Styles and. Uh, uh, a fashion show. That's not way. no. That's Styling. terrible. That's not even punny. It's not funny. It's not. Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing Crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to the complete scene lineup, as well as the color teal to the gripper material options. Also new for 2023 are options for your e-bike. They have complete seats for Teleria and Super 73, and covers for the Segway and Suron, and they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. Visit gutsracing.com and order today. Staggered restart. Um, just uh, a quick comment. Ahead. I go just ahead. want just because the chat has brought this up, and okay. I also fought it. Yeah. Um, people have been saying a lot of ad reads, and I too feel like they're heavier on the front. Not as spread out as last week. That's why, isn't it? I feel like yeah. Well, last yeah, week they were too out. they were too heavy on the end last yeah, week. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I feel okay. like people they are, are more spread. Yeah. Listen, we have ten. That we have to get through and ten great people great that make this sponsors happen. that are making the show happen that we have to get through in the opening segment and in between the guests and then at the end and we still yeah we still have about four to go well you know me man of the people so I just wanted yeah. to make sure that the people understood They're, where my friend Jamie was coming yes, from I I understand when I listen to other podcasts the ad reads can be a little bit much sometimes but this show would not be happening without these sponsors. So go support those sponsors. Let them know you're listening. And I will do my best to mix it up a little bit where they're not so heavy. I'm trying to find the flow with the new sponsors and the new... Will Will we have sponsors on the Siding with Lewis podcast? That's up to you. Well, the people see, maybe the people would enjoy it if we didn't. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah, we'll talk. Let's, we'll let's, talk. let's connect. We'll connect. So, <laughs> uh, okay, so the staggered restart. What That was interesting, right? We've seen staggered restarts in the past. We haven't necessarily seen them with like I think they put the thirty second board up or something, and then they all they're supposed to go to the previous lap, but it felt like they went maybe two laps back. It didn't seem quite right. It definitely confused a lot of a yeah. lot of riders, officials. Took them forever to line it up. Then they held it forever. I, I was shocked. I, have we had one in a heat race? Oh, uh, we must time? have. At I some think point. so. I think of the mains. I just feel like I have. I've seen a full restart in heat race when it's like first lap, somebody cartwheels and they have to red flag. I'm just trying to think of the last time we had a staggered, because when I think of the staggereds, I think of the mains more often. I feel as though, I think we had three laps left. Just call it. Yeah. We don't need to stagger them up and go again for three laps of a heat race. Just call it. We're good. What is the rule? You know is who would have ex- really appreciated that? Max, Max Rollin. Oh, man. Well, yeah, we're- well no, because I think if they would have counted it back and oh, finished back, it, he, he was like 10th or yeah. 11th. Huh? Yeah. But um, going to your question that you were going to ask uh if it's before nine they can call it after 90 percent of the race is it, okay completed. so it's 90 percent. you have to do the quick math real on that but I, but yeah that's only halfway because six right, lap right so three left sure. is only halfway point it it just even they said that uh, i think it was rj in the press conference mentioned that they put more time back on than he felt like they should it just it seemed off that night like i don't know who made that decision 
It'd be nice to kind of get little, specifics. Uh, like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I was actually kind of shocked they they called a red flag after seeing what Colby did. Like, I feel like concussions cap easy. He definitely hit his head, but he just kind of tucked in that corner, and I'm almost a little surprised. I've seen much worse happen, <laughs> and guys in much worse positions, and we've kept racing. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it was just because he was out and he was yeah. in the middle of a berm after the whoops as well. So you've got to take into consideration guys cartwheeling yeah, in. Well, yeah, <laughs> some there will be some riders who try to stop and slow down in time for the red uh, yellow flag incident, but they will end up cartwheeling into the rider who is down, and no one wants that. Who did I say? Somebody's correct me in the deal. I, I, if I screw up, it was Colby Cop. I don't know if Cop. I said that clearly. Enough. I don't know what you said. It's so many knows? mistakes yeah. you said, from this side said, of the I table. Thought. I don't know. So many Colby. mistakes. Okay, somebody correct me in the chat. Because I think somebody else we went down too, but it was Colby that the red flag was for. Yeah. Um, he's racing this weekend. Yeah, I saw yes. that. Yep, he's good to go. Past, past the uh, concussion protocol, I guess. I guess, yeah. He can't have already. Uh, I guess it's Wednesday now. Yeah. Probably has. Eh. Uh, eh. Speaking of Max, who... I, I don't know what's going on in his mind right now. A uh, little overexcited on the restart. Nose wheelies. Goes down. Tries to get back into it. Could, obviously didn't have enough time to make it back up. Goes to LCQ. Works his way to where he needs to be. And just somehow almost destroys a, or does destroy a dig dug. What, what's going on with Max? Like I, I'm a big Max Boland fan. I, I wonder if the pressure of... Needing to show something in year three is getting to him. No. No. Um, okay. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Yes, obviously not making the main event is not great for anyone, but it's not like he was too slow. Just things didn't work out. He Okay, he made some mistakes that he probably shouldn't have. But they were mental mistakes. You, uh, where are they coming from? I, I don't know why he crashed in the first turn on a staggered restart. That is strange. That was just straight up brain, brain fart. But in fairness, he also crashed in the first start of the heat race, and that is more of a racing incident. So had that not had that racing incident not happened, the whole staggered restart crash probably wouldn't have like. So it's kind of like a it domino just all effect. compounds. Yeah. yeah, you have the first one, which it happens as a start, but then it's oh they staggered, they moved me back. Why am I far this far back? How much time is on the clock? Oh, and then runs into somebody, um, and then you do the one in the rhythm lane. You're freaked out excited you land you cross rut and you just go kill an alpine stars medic um and yeah just to clarify for funky chicken in the chat um (laughs) (laughs) i know i know he didn't make main events last year but that was because he was slow so that is a much 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 bigger issue and he seemingly has speed this year i like that which means it's okay i like that response because i agree i think he is much faster much more confident this year i just wonder a little bit of He's getting overexcited. The immaturity of the youth. Like he could be top six this weekend and I wouldn't be surprised because he is that good. If he didn't make the main event in San Diego because he was slow, uh, he started eighth in the LCQ and moved to sixth, I would be here flipping tables, punching people in the throat and smashing things and saying that it's the worst thing ever and he needs to go and have a long, hard look at himself and sort himself out. But it's not that. It's not that. Things happen. Ryan Villapoto didn't make a main event in the 450 class because things happen. He is the prime, that race, I'm pretty sure he would agree with this, is the prime example of why you don't quit. He went, I'm trying to remember why Ryan went down the first time in the heat. He could have got back in, made the heat, went just, did the typical, okay, I'm oh, going yeah, straight yeah. back to the truck. And then him and Weimer get, dis- was it him and Weimer together that I got destroyed so. yep. in the LCQ star and launched onto the concrete? Yep. Wasn't it him and Stu? Or was that in the No, because uh, Stu made it. No. It was Weimer, wasn't it? Uh, 
I thought it was Weimer that was with him. Wait, was Stu maybe the main event? Stu's the main because Ryan didn't make it in. He gets obliterated on the LCQ start out onto the concrete. Ken Roxon did not make a main event as a Red Bull KTM rider in 250 West. It happens. Sometimes shit happens. If he doesn't make the main event this weekend when it is based purely on practice times, not good. Yeah. Because even if shit happens in a time <laughs> session, you've got the opportunity to fix right. it and sort yourself out. But it's a heat... Short amount of time, lots of riders around. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Well, I just don't like that the, the the shit that happened was him making mental mistakes. Uh, it wasn't other people clipping him. Like him nose wheeling in that first corner is because he got overexcited and wasn't patient getting through that first corner. Okay. Counter, not saying I agree with this, was it him getting overexcited or was it a lack of experience with staggered starts and not quite knowing how people are going to punch bunch up in the first turn because We've never seen riders go into the first turn in a line. So I, if I put myself in his shoes, maybe I wouldn't quite know what to expect when everyone gets to the first turn. So but would equally, you pin it? Yeah, equally he should have been maybe more cautious. Yeah, yeah. if you don't know what to expect, well, then you need yeah. to be patient. I'll say you look at the... I felt like it really affected him going in the LCQ. The first two laps, three laps, so after his NCL LCQ, he looked very tentative. I mean, I think he passed Wageman... Not, not RJ. He got repassed by RJ yeah, yeah, in yeah, his LCQ. Yeah. Like he was not going good for the first lap, lap and a half. He looks so tentative, which I'm sure happens after you're like, okay, I've gone constantly overexcited and thrown it away. Now I just need to actually stay on the freaking motorcycle. Uh, the one thing I wonder, like it's, yeah, this is totally theoretical. Wish you could turn back time. I just wonder what would have happened if they hadn't rushed him into pro like two years early. Like what if this, if they would have gone to their normal plan this would have been the first year we see him racing. I Instead, it would have been last year, year no, because they wanted to do two, two more years. years? He wanted okay. to do I two it years. Was one more. Uh, yeah, well, that's a good question, and uh, unfortunately, we'll never know. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. Did you, you have something else, Lewis? Um, no, just on what Michael was saying about him being tentative in the LCQ. That's good. That's professional. He realized he didn't need to win the LCQ. He realized he just needed to be top four, and he took his time and figured it out. That, I like that. That shows that he has got a bit of, um, what do you call it? Racecraft. Yeah. Figured it out. He didn't figure it out. No, okay. He crashed, but the shit happens. <laughs> what I'm saying is up until that point, he was very smart, picking his way through, wasn't rushing things. It was fine. I will fight you if I have to. Jesus. Should we throw down? Hey, do you want to throw let, down? Let's, take, let's get to our next guest. Okay, let's not throw down. By Luxon. When it comes <laughs> to triple clamp, when it comes to triple clamp <laughs> suspension and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineering background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest, lighter and stronger with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. And Luxon products are designed, engineered, and made in the USA. Check them out online at www.luxonmx.com. Tonight, Luxon MX brings us our buddy, Dino, Dean Wilson. What's up, Dean? What's going on? How are we doing? We're doing good, man. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Dude, I know, well, I, I'm going to say I know. I've, I've heard some of your interviews. I feel like you're, you're struggling a little bit mentally this year. Uh, you're maybe not completely comfortable yet. How, how is the season going for you? Like mentally, not obviously I know your results. Uh, it's been all right. Okay. It's, you know, just being healthy is the, the important part. Um, and yeah, I think when you talk mentally, it's just um, – I, ha I get really bad anxiety, especially on race day, because I think that that one last year when I got the foot peg up the bum really like, I don't know, I just like have this, I have the wrong kind of mindset that 
it's like I kind of like just don't want to get hurt type of thing. Yeah. But you can't have that mentality when you're at the races, you know? And it's, uh, you know, you got to have that like warrior mentality where you're just going to send it type of thing. Yeah. And I'm just kind of, my anxiety gets, goes through the roof where I just want to get through the checkered safely. (laughs) But then after the race, I'm all pissed off because I did shit, but it's, I just, it's controlling my anxiety that, that's, uh, you know, tough yeah, part. Last year, I think it might've been at Paula when we were talking, you kind of talked about that of you can't go out there and really do your best when you're worried about getting hurt. And you, so basically yeah. this anxiety stuff started after the foot peg incident. No, I've oh. dealt with anxiety my whole life. Um, but I've just been injured so much in my career, you know, I've, made so many hospital visits, whatever. And then, dude, you just like, I was talking to Justin Bogle about this yesterday, actually, because he was at the track and where I was, we're just both talking about it. We've both been hurt so much. It's like, you know, it's, you're better off backing it down a notch and, you know, a little bit less risk, a little bit less risk than, you know, just having that chance of crashing. But you just never know in the sport what can happen. So you just, you can't have that mindset, but I definitely have backed it down a tad, and I just want to be at every race. That's all I want to do is be at every race. And I know the results will come because my speed's good. Um, I'm just not on race day, yeah. but they will come. It will come. Um, you say you backed it down a little bit. What percentage do you think you're riding at at the moment then? Like 80% lower? Uh, yeah, probably 75 to 80, to be honest. Like, I just feel like I'm holding back on race day is what I really feel like, like, um, and then I'm getting arm pump and it's, it's a, it's a struggle, but, um, I know we'll definitely get better, but, um, the big thing that's really tough for me is that's why I don't race. I'm not going to race outdoors anymore is that I have a really bad left knee. So around left-handed corners, I really struggle because I don't lean the bike and I also don't touch my foot on the ground. So it's like kind of like riding on eggshells, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, um, it's funny, like, they always say, like, your old injuries catch up to you, and they definitely <laughs> do, but um, I'm, I'm still writing really well. Like, when, I, when I'm during the week, like, I feel like I'm writing good enough to be at eight. So I'll, I'll say, I'd say I'm good enough to be seventh through twelfth, and that's where I want to be. I, I would, I'd rather just be in top ten, but that's definitely where I can be, and that's kind of where I was until I pumped up. So, um We'll get better, though. Just want to be at all the races and, you know, keep getting better every year. Yep, stay healthy. I was going to say, speaking of uh, during the week, I would not say you were riding uh, 75 to 80% that latest uh, heater you posted from Fox Raceway. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, um, it's just, it's, it's crazy, like, how the mental side of things, like, how you can, um, just, like, on, on practice day, like, you feel so relaxed and loose, and then on race day, you just get all these, like, uh, like a little bit of fear and anxiety and you're nervous and then you're pumping up and then, you know, it's, it's like performance anxiety is what it is. Like, and I always try to like go to the race and enjoy it, which I do, but for some reason when I get to the start gate, I just been struggling a little bit mentally. And uh, I'm, the thing is, is like, I'm open about it. I tell, I like to tell people what I'm going through. And like, I think a lot of people wouldn't say like things, a lot of people deal with what I deal with, but they don't say it. And where I see it, and then it's funny because I get a lot of um, people in the comments <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to 
help, which is, you know, they're just trying to help, but no one really knows unless you've lined up on that start gate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, ever since you've started being honest about anxiety and stuff, have you had like fans reaching out and going, oh yeah, you being honest has really helped me deal with this and I've taken your advice on, like, have you had people kind of like relate to you more? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I have because when I, when I, so my anxiety has been really, really bad the last year. Um, it, like, I don't know what, it, I don't know what happened, like, but something just switched and like, I was having these panic attacks, uh, not too frequently, but if I had too much caffeine, I would have a panic attack and it, like, I'll get, my hands would get clammy and like my heart starts beating and I'm like, and, and there was like probably two or three that were like really bad. And I, one was so bad that I went to the ER. I was like, I'm dying. And I thought I was having a heart attack and they're doing all the EKG tests and everything on me. And like, I turned out to be fine. I'm like, what the hell was that? You know, and they're like, oh, it's just a panic attack. I'm like, fuck, I, I never thought anything of that. So it was gnarly. It was so scary. Like, and then I had like a couple of episodes that weren't too bad. But then when I went to Australia, I, uh, lack of sleep because the time changed and everything. And then because I was so tired and the coffee is like gnarly there because I kind of stopped drinking caffeine because of it. But I was so tired. I like had a coffee with my friend while eating breakfast. And it was like super, I think it was double espresso shot in it. And then uh, from there, I went to do like, I went to this little recovery center where you, where you can go in the ice bath and have a sauna and put Normatex on and stuff like that. So I had the coffee and then we went to that place. I went in the sauna for 20 minutes and then I went into the ice bath. The cold punch went in there. And then as I got out the, the cold punch, I could just feel my heart starting to like pump, like progressively faster and hard. And I like, they walked away to get towels and stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, fuck, I think I'm having a heart attack. And like, I was about to tell them, this is like the day before Melbourne Supercross. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm about to tell them like, Hey, like, I, I, I think you should call an ambulance. Like I'm going to, something's not right here. Like I'm fucking starting to really stress out. And, um, they're kind of just like talking me through it because my friend actually has dealt with this before. He's like, hey, you need to, like, get up, like, here. So I pounded waters, try to, like, flush the coffee out, right? So I pounded, like, five waters. And then I just started to go for a walk. And then, like, I had a – it was gnarly. It was so scary. And then I went into my hotel room and I just, like, made it pitch black and just, like, took deep breaths for, like, an hour. And I slowly started to be coming back around. But these panic attacks and anxiety attacks, like, they're gnarly. So obviously I never dealt with anything like this. So, um, yeah, I, I – you know, a lot of people reached out and it made me feel a lot better. They're like, holy shit, what you said was exactly what I went through. And uh, even Zach Osborne reached out to me and like, you know, it made me feel a lot better because mm -hmm. it was it's a scary, scary feeling. I don't know if any of you guys have had an episode, but it's like, I don't know. I've never had like a health problem or nothing before. So it's like right. kind of scary. Yeah. No, hearing you say I'm I'm having a little bit of PTSD. I and I don't know if you fall in the same category because you said you've had a friend's hat had them. I you know you hear people talk about it and I feel bad. I'm just always one of those people. Whether it's people that have anxiety and uh, other issues or trade issues, I'm always just kind of the person that's like just be mentally stronger. Like get over it. Like yeah. man up. That's you know you grow up. I grew up with parents kind of like that. Like oh, you'll just get over stuff. Be a man. So, be a man. It'll be fine. And during the race team, I had. A couple or something, but I had one saying, woke up at 2 a.m., heart's going a million miles an hour. I'm dripping sweat. I'm walking around the middle of the dark outside. So I'm just like feeling like 
I literally, my whole body is about to collapse on itself. My lungs are cinched up tight. After experiencing that, I will never, ever talk crap like anybody that says it again. It is miserable. Yeah. I think a lot of people, Dean, like, you know, that don't experience that think it's BS, right? Until you either either experience yourself. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. And I, I had somebody in my family that had some stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, just get over it. And and it was explained like you can't like, you know, in your mind, this seems ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. Your body's reacting to it and you just, yeah. And it is scary. I mean, I've obviously, I've never had it happen, but hearing how it feels sounds very well, scary. And what's even crazier, like listening to Dean's explanation yeah. and saying that I had a couple of my ones, like a really bad one. It's amazing how long it goes on. You would think yeah. like, oh, after like five minutes, if you eventually catch your breath, like it, it should mellow out. Right. No, you can experience it way longer. Yeah. And at least that's what it sounds like you're saying, Dean. Like yours sound like it was quite the episode. And have you talked to anybody like professionally? Have you considered any kind of medications or anything like that? Or are you trying to just deal with it? No, I haven't really talked to a professional, really. Um, I don't know, because like that's the thing is like I, I'll get it really gnarly and then I won't get it. But I've definitely learned the thing that tells me that like I, I legit – I'm not even going to lie. Like I thought I had a heart problem or something <laughs> and I'm still dumb enough not to go to the hospital. Cause I just hate, or the do- I hate going to hospitals. Like I yeah. say, so you've been to them enough. Those- I was just self-diagnosing myself. So what tells me that it was anxiety is because see, when I go to the start line, my heart without any caffeine or anything, I can feel the heart start to pump again. And it's like, you kind of get like heart. It's called like heart palpitations. Yep. And, it's anxiety, and that's my anxiety starting to rise. So, anxiety is definitely slowly. It's like it slowly kills me on the inside on race days, just like the nerves and all the BS. But it's just weird because it never hit me as hard as it does now. I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but I don't know. But um, definitely um, would be worthwhile to talk to someone. I would, I would I, imagine. I would say so. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I saw you comment. I can't remember if it was Twitter or Instagram or something about detuning um, bike setup going into this next week. Uh, you know, you've been hurt quite a bit, had to come back mid season, sometimes not had a lot of prep, but you've also been on a lot of teams where there's been, you know, it's been a factory level team. There's been other guys on it. There's a base setting. I would say that's one thing I started to wonder if, if that's been tough this year for you is um, this team has raced four fifties, but not really with the technical package they do now. So you're, you are the guy you are deciding everything. There yeah. wasn't probably much of a base to, to really go off of. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a, a big learning. It, it's just like riding a different bike other than an Austrian bike is gnarly. Like I haven't done that in a long time. So, um, still learning a lot about the Honda and, uh, yeah, just it's just been a learning process, and that our overall package is pretty good. Um, like I actually had the the um, our mapping guy came out to the track yesterday, and we did some mapping stuff. But I changed my gearing, and that kind of took away what kind of what I was looking for because when we detuned it, it was like too much with the gearing that I went to. So. Um, the reason I wanted to detune it was like, so when I pumped up in the main at San Diego, it was, I don't know exactly when it was because like I felt it starting to come on and Colt Nicholas was right behind me. And I looked up over the finish at the clock and there was like eight minutes to go. So it was like 12 minutes in. And um, that that's when it was, and then from there on, it was just like, 
progressively getting worse, right? So I, I felt it when I was exiting the corners. It just, like, it just, exiting the corners, it just felt so, like, gnarly. Like, I went with my arm pump. It was like I was holding on to a boo. <laughs> so, uh, so the, right in my head when I was writing, I was like, maybe I should try detuning this. But the gearing I did kind of fixed that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. But the, the the engine package is actually really good. Like, Kenny rode with it at Paris in the World Supercross. Brayton rode it with it at Paris and in, in Australia. So the motor is actually pretty good. It's just uh, you're still learning this whole new Honda. And, um, you know, so far it, it's going good. But it's just... I'm, I'm learning little things here and there as we go, you know. Do you think um Do you think the triple crown will help with your arm pump? Because maybe you'll pump up in the first main, but then you'll be more used to it in the second and third main, and it will get a bit easier. Yeah. Well, you... no, I've, it will definitely. I'll 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 definitely be better off in the the um the triple crown. But I have a pl- actually have a plan going in because uh, obviously after the weekend we had a meeting and talked about what are we going to fix and what are we going to do about it come up with a solution and um i just think i muck about too much in practice i roll around i'll do a fast lap roll around do another fast lap roll around do a fast lap mess that lap up you know roll like too much lollygagging where in so what i'm going to do now in free practice i'm just going to mow the whole time and just try and get as pumped up as i can and then same as in the first qualifier because lately the first qualifiers are always slower because the, the track's really right so just try and like do like as many laps as I can consecutively and find a flow and do laps and then this last qualifier to end some good qualifying laps and then that's just for the race you know so um yeah I, triple crowns I'm always better off because it's like you just need to flush your arms out the once and I you know at the race I get that in the heat race but then it's only six minutes in the heat race where in the triple crowns, you have three 12 minutes. So I yeah. get better as I get for sure. Uh, Dean Wilson brought to you tonight by LuxonMX.com. Visit LuxonMX.com. Use promo code MotoXPod to save. Uh, you've talked a bunch about the, the arm pump and, of course, the detuning of the bike and the power of the bike. Do you feel like the arm pump may be equally or primarily because of the bike or because of the mental side or a little of both? The arm pump? Yeah, yeah. Does he, what do you think contributes to the arm pump the most? Uh, I don't know. I've always gone arm pump. Even oh. PC days. The best thing I ever did was I went and got the surgery back in 2018. And uh, um, it worked really good. 2019 was a good year. Like, it worked good for like a year. And then it kind of faded off. But I think what um, – I think a lot of it can be bike set up. Um, I'm still – struggling with suspension that's kind of something i'm i'm constantly working on uh i think suspension can be a big deal and then i think also just getting a good start and not being in the back and always having to try and catch up because my starts are it's like if you have a bad heat race you're on the outside of the gate and then fuck you're lining up next to 15 gnarly dudes you know like 450 classes insane so it's important to get that start and then just you kind of like hook on to someone in front of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how about, how about the fact of being a new dad? Does that have any effect? Cause we hear guys say, Oh, you know, now I'm doing it for my kid or now I'm thinking about, you know, I don't want to be injured because of my kid or, or whatever. Uh, does, does having your child at the race have any effect on your race? Um, 
for me, not really. I still have the same mentality, like, and um, I don't know. It, he came to the race at San Diego, and mm-hmm. it was really cool. Like, I enjoyed having him there. I think uh, once he gets a little bit older, it's probably cooler because he probably understands it more or, you know. But right now, like, obviously, he's just a newborn. But, um, yeah, I've, I, I've heard people say that, and uh, I still feel kind of the same, to be fair. Okay. Uh, question on bike setup. Uh, of course, a lot of people saw Ken Roxon's performance, particularly at Paris Supercross. Uh, did you ever try Kenny's base setting? And then I believe since then, um, you're working with uh, Scott at uh, Bennett at Showa directly instead of FC, correct? Yeah. Did yeah. You, did uh, did I try Kenny's base setting on what exactly? Uh, what he did, Paris, like Paris on. There was somebody in the comments section actually asking that if you had like tried Kenny's the- setup. Like the 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 engine package or uh, engine suspension, basically his whole his whole base setting. If you ever tried that, uh, no, this engine package is what I have in my bike now. Um, but suspension is obviously different because I'm sure, and that was factory connection. So um, yeah, I just think suspension is. I was talking to uh, Todd Brown, my suspension guy from last year, and he says dialing in suspension for me is really hard because I'm 190 pounds. And so I charge the rhythms really hard. Um, I hit everything really hard. So, like, I really compress the suspension hard in the middle of the rhythm. So trying to have that hold up, um, a little bit more hold up in the rhythms is, is a tough thing to do when you're kind of looking for cert- things in certain other areas of the track as well. So uh, it, it's hard to really dial it in for the bigger guys because, you know, I think the only really guy my size is Mookie. Me and, me and Mookie, you know, like everyone else is pretty light. So, um, you know, we're just, I always just feel like I'm on the soft side a lot, um, which hurts me in the rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like if you don't downside the rhythm perfect, then if you land a little bit too far, then it really bottoms out, you know? So, um, but yeah, uh, I'm running the same package engine wise and and gearing as what Kenny had at uh, Paris. Hey Dean, I just thought of this. Yeah, thank thank you. First of all, at San Diego, you you were nice enough to visit with my dad for a minute, and I, I mentioned when I was introducing you that this is probably your last Supercross year, and your response was, "Ah, we'll see," or something along those lines. Uh, is has anything changed, or is there a possibility you may keep doing this at on the AMA side? Um, we'll see. We'll see okay. where the year goes. I actually said it as my last year because I, I you know, I, I could really get the ball rolling and start feeling really comfortable. And, you know, I just, it, it, it's also really important on my knee too. Like if mm-hmm. my knee feels good, because that's the biggest thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I have a two year contract with Firepower Honda. So, um, we'll see how it goes. I have an option for the second year, but, um, I, that's why I told Dereev. I was like, Dereev, let me see how I feel this year, like, um, and then we'll see. But I just want to focus on this year, yep. and, um, you know, it's just – it's the 450 class. Like, it's just – you know how gnarly of a class it is, and if you're not at 100%, which I'm not already, it's just, like, it's 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 just – it's, just, it's a dangerous sport, and it's gnarly to, like, be out there, and if you're not – it's hard. What I'm pretty much trying to say is, it's really hard to take mentally getting your ass beat. <laughs> sure, sure. Eighteen pounds. Um, and when you're not just at your best, when you know you can be better, but your body kind of just kind of gives you that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. 
but we'll see how it goes this year. Okay. Oh, I, I hear your little we hear the one. baby. <laughs> I was gonna say that was yeah. actually my last one for you was gonna be the the baby is with everything you got going on, the anxiety of toughness race, is it uh how's dad life being able to come come home to that? Is that kind of take all the worries away and wash away all the anything you're dealing with? Oh yeah. No, it's it's really cool. Like, um, you know, I just I I kind of like came into the da- dad world thing very like uh like blind I guess you could say like I didn't really know what to expect or how it would be but it's been awesome so far and I'm really enjoying it and like I come back from the track and it's just so cool just to hang with him and seeing him you know you just get to watch him every day you get a little bit something different a little bit more personality more smiles and it's really cool so um I'm enjoying it and also Sarah's a really good mom and she holds a lot of the weight while I'm training and writing and um yeah, it's a it's a team effort for sure, and I'm. But it is he's really good at nighttime when he sleeps. Like he's got a decent sleeping schedule already, which we're lucky for that. But oh man, like I I don't know how people have like four or five kids. Dude, Chiz, Chiz oh. just had his third one. What is going on? Oh man, that's gnarly. Clippy, clippy, yeah. clippy, clippy. Yeah, she, Brittany. Every yeah. time I talk to uh, Brittany, she's like, I want more. It's crazy. <laughs> or no, you know what? I take that back. She said Chiz wanted more. That's what she told me. Yeah. Whew. Wild. I don't know. That's that's a mental thing. Um, Dino, what, we've had enough of your time, man. Get back to your family. We'll see you this weekend, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Dino. Take care, bud. See you. All right. Cheers. Thanks to Dean Wilson for coming on. Always a good interview. I really I, – I love Dean. He's just a good guy. He just came on the show like a month and a half ago, and he just almost always says yes. Why, why are you agree? <laughs> why are you agree? I've got two things to raise. Okay, one for each of you. Yeah. Who would like to go first? You. Go ahead. Michael, um, Dean. I I can't remember if it was if I saw you tweet it or on Instagram, but something about you detuning your bike. That was a Vital MX interview. I great. Thought, I that was a so great too. opportunity to plug Vital MX. Yep. I heard in your Vital MX post race interview. I can't remember where I saw it. Instagram. Uh, <laughs> did you tweet it? Great, Jamie. Yes. I'm looking out for you. Okay. Tell me. Maybe don't the very first question maybe shouldn't be like you seem like you're really struggling mentally. Maybe just like easy in a little bit with like how know. you doing? I, I want to go in hard. Okay, a great response. She, she talked about it. I just I just trying to look out for you. Okay, Would I'm you trying like to, to look host? out for I you. Think, he's see, a dick. Here's my thing. Sometimes <laughs> he's just upset. I get that told this interview. <laughs> I get told sometimes I'm too nice or too easy. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go in. He's struggling. Well, I, this I is, do feel this so is I, interesting. This is interesting talking yeah. because I have a, my strategy is I always softball the first question because then they loosen up and yeah. then the second question I what yeah because they 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 suddenly relax yeah. And then I just swipe them when I least expect it. Is that so, how you got Chase Sexton? <laughs> oh, well, I haven't interviewed him yet. Yeah, we, we got Chase Sexton. What are you talking about? That was all because of us. But no, just two, just two observations from over here okay. in the corner. Uh, I'll take that. Just a, looking out for you, my friend. Assault. Oh, let's get back to... I like how you turn in his friend. I'm just a dick. I just I mean, not supporting dick, Vital MX you know? like the rest of us. Yeah. I I did think that was a I, I thought that when he said it I was like I read that on Vital but yeah. maybe maybe Vital stole well, I spaced. Twitter clearly yeah, clearly waste of my time that was like one of the things <laughs> I would have said uh, <laughs> let's jump back to some general topics we'll start wrapping this thing up R J Hampshire super impressed I was super impressed with how he came with the last six minutes of that main event how he came from pretty far back to catch McAdoo charging hard 
the guy is, I mean, he's always been fast, but right now it just seems like he's got it together. He, he's not losing control of the bike. Just, I was very impressed that he caught McAdoo that fast. That's two weeks in a row or two races in a row. Counter. Oh boy. Here <laughs> we go. Um, Counter. Enzo Lopes was fourth. Was so, that? yeah. So I feel like for RJ, anything less than third would be like a disaster. Okay. So I think the part think of strong. that. strong. What, what do you mean? That's a little strong. What, it's a, well, wouldn't it be? No, I agree with him. So like, I feel like, okay, he's having a great start to the season, his best ever. But also I feel like maybe the field has something to but do with I'm that. I'm just talking about how quick he caught. Like Cameron McAdoo sh- with that gap should have been able to maintain that gap. I agree with that. But I would almost put, I would almost talk about that as a negative on Cameron more than a positive on okay. RJ. If you get what I'm saying? Like, I'd, I would almost put that down to Cameron struggling and why rather than RJ stepping up and why. Mm. I'd go both ways. I think RJ I is riding. I walked right into that one. Uh, I, I would go with both on that. I do think RJ is riding some of the best we've seen him in Supercross, and Cameron is puzzling me right now because I, when I think of Cameron, I think of a dude that does a ton of laps of the track, hard worker, and watching him kind of fade in the middle late portion of the race has got me scratching my head a little bit yeah there's got to be a reason it's too consistent the same thing has happened two weeks in a row so there's got to be a reason for it has to i mean it may well actually actually sounds like you need to go find out cameron has dropped back at the midway point of each main event right. so far this year yes yeah. he's been really strong in the beginnings yeah like challenging jet strong maybe we should text nick trip triple crown cameron catch a fever i can see it you, you think you think Jet? You, what's the percent pie that Jet does not win overall at A two? What as in like chances of it happening? Ninety per, is he a hundred percent to win or like uh, ninety eight? I do think if if any if there's any chance he loses a main of the year, not the overall, it would be possibly a triple crown yeah. because it's a short enough race yep. that a camera and RJ if Jet does start tenth or maybe a little bit worse if one of those two starts there, that's they can hang on for long enough. Like I could see him getting a bad start maybe in the third one and and kind of panicking almost like oh I got to go and it falling apart. I am still that's what I'm most curious to see is where is Jed at this year when pressured or pressure yeah. is applied to him because we have not seen that. He's just riding within himself. So good. No real Jet Supercross moments. Maybe they're gone, maybe they are, but nobody's even put him in the situation that that we, we've been able to witness that. Like, where is he really at? How much has he learned from outdoors last year? Has he applied all that? Well, with how good his starts are, Triple Crown should be no problem. Uh, wait, what, what happened to the, your quote? Yep. No, yep. I, my quote didn't... I didn't say that he gets bad starts. I just said that mm, typically... He doesn't lead first laps. He gets the lead lap three, lap four, but that's now changed as well. But yeah, he's, he's if, definitely uh, my pick for first to finish line in fantasy. So that's why I asked him. I'm like, can you? Yeah. Can I interest you in first lap leader? And he said no. Yeah. Uh, Levi Kitchen, no broke bones. Good, good news. Have you heard any updates of what the injury was? Have you reached out to check anything out? Sounds like he may. He's wanting, to, planning on racing. Yeah. Just once they posted, pretty much that he's racing. No real thing to look at in there. I don't know if he his head. He kind of as much as he was stumbling around. I thought maybe he hit his head a little mm-hmm. bit. But then later that night, he was in a sling. But apparently, he's good to go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, good okay. things racing. We we cannot lose two fifty West riders. No, we no, we, we don't we have enough many to lose. We still have sure. one coming in in a couple of weeks. You you, if, do we want to talk about any of that drama with the Carson Mumford and I guess some posts on the forum or no? When, oh, we, no, I'm when staying, ignore it. I am staying out of that. Okay, we'll stay I'm out of good. that. Uh, 
Ken Roxon, Shane McElrath, both kickstarting their Suzuki's at some point in the day at San Diego. We keep hearing from the mechanics who are all friends of ours. Yeah, we laugh at that because every time they kickstart the bike, starts the first time, but it didn't happen at San Diego. They were they were struggling to restart those bikes once they're hot. I mean, I also watched Dylan Schwartz at A1 kicking away. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't handle kickstart talk. Okay. I'm over well, it. I just can't handle the jokes or the uh, comments. I'm not making or, a joke. I, I just, know, but I can't handle any of it. Like okay, everyone in the okay. stadium there, is watching two, him kick his bike. Like Lewis just, is about to have. A Lewis attack. is having we'll, anxiety we'll, attack. There's two things you cannot talk to Lewis about. It's a Kickstarter yep. and arena cross. Quick. Both of them have mentally ruined this Quick, man. Someone talk about Chase Sexton to bring let's, me back. To, oh, the Sexton about... ship is sailing to A2. It's oh, right oh, off the. It's right off the coast. How about the updated supermodel? Motocross schedule. I've heard positives. People are excited. You know, it moves it up a little bit. So supposedly now there's just some more off season, quote unquote. Uh, how's that affect Motocross Nations, Lewis? Well, um, based on the current schedules, quite negatively. Um, but I hear that the nations will be moved. Okay. Which really? Confu- which are, what I don't know is whether the whole of MXGP will be moved or if it will be before the end of MXGP. Well, because there is currently a TBA. The last weekend of September, which te- like the nations could wasn't start that supposed that. to be? Is that the one they were trying to do at Vietnam? No, Vietnam is on uh, September the seventeenth. Okay, there's another TBA so- after that, which is October the first or whatever that weekend is. Oh, it is October the first exactly. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the nations move there. Interesting, though, because obviously in front made the MXGP schedule around SMX. Yeah. Now, okay, they say that they've always wanted to run MXGP into October and November. So although they could go, oh, guys, we've got to do it for the Americans, they were secretly going, thank God, this is what we've been wanting all along. <laughs> so wait, but if they move up there, are we saying that Great Britain would be after Destination? That's what I said. I'm not sure if whether okay. they're going to move the whole of MXGP yeah. or if they're going to have it mm-hmm. technically mid-season, which would be bad. Um no one wants for nations mid-season. We tried that in COVID and it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interested to see what happens with that. I would still be surprised to see them move it because, like, we're in January. People have booked. I've booked hotels. Uh, people, I'm sure, have booked flights. Yep. 100% they would have sold a lot of tickets. And I'm sure some people wouldn't be able to go if it moves dates. But they also have no choice because there's no way that they can run it on October the 22nd when the Americans will be finished a month earlier. Funniest thing about this is finally, with the way the SMX calendar is now structured, the American schedule works perfectly for the traditional nation's date. Because if it was a traditional nation's date last weekend of September, the American season would finish the week before and it would be perfect. But now it's all skew whiff and it doesn't work again. The other thing it does, at least for American contracts, is by the SMX Cup moving up. Now it works where guys' contracts end on their normal date because usually right, it's the last right. day of September, first day of October is your new your new contract. Uh, so that works out for a lot of those. Any of the guys that are looking at changing teams or have deals kind of in the work to move. But where it does throw it into, even though we would only be three riders from our country, if any of those three riders, and one of them is rumored to be looking at our deals, does have something in play and then they have to wait not it's one thing if they have to wait a month to go racing basically but it's also they have to wait a month that they could have been testing their new bike with their new team and getting ready that if it doesn't change it does worry me a little bit about who we would pick then because i'm kind of wondering if one or two guys would bow out because of that Uh, that's my concern too yeah that that it's not just again the time it's also how it affects them moving to a new brand yep i would bet the nations gets moved Okay. So, uh, do with that what you will. All right. 
It's time for the FXR slag off your bloody bloke. Or we'll change this week instead of we don't really have any hate comms that we found. Yeah, Lewis said he had somebody. Yeah, what was, was it? What was it? To I back. told my friend Jamie to remind yeah, me we're about. Gonna, well, uh, we're going to talk about you becoming an American a little bit. Movies. Rocky, no, but I told Rocky you to. Four, I told you to remind me. I thought you didn't like the segment name or something. No, no. no, no ML you said, said something. ML said something about uh, you. Ag- you're opinionated. Oh yeah, that's what pissed me off yeah, from yeah. the YouTube comments. There was one comment, maybe two comments, that <laughs> really angers me. Here we go. I, I, really I, didn't, angers I didn't get me. my FXR reading. You go I'm gonna, ahead. I'm gonna, go. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to let you go. Okay. Go, then, go. Um, please. Well, you're both wearing FXR hoodies, so they're we're getting, we're a lot getting of great branding in. Oh, and um, he's got a shirt. Oh, under. And now Jamie's oh, he's undressed on YouTube. This is well, uncomfortable for us. We just got demonetized. I just yeah came home from an FXR dealer. Intro, so I have some swag. Okay. Rant, rant, okay. Oh, rant, yeah, so I'm rant. Sorry. Oh, yeah. we gotta, hey, we got to go commercial break. We'll be right back. Well, Fuck that's off. fine because I'll just do it with whatever. <laughs> um, no, YouTube comments said something like, "Oh, the worst thing about Lewis is um, he, he he really like backs his opinions, and he and he doesn't like he really just backs his opinions." Yeah, that's kind of what we're here for. <laughs> It would be a terrible <laughs> show if I went. Chase Sexton's going to win the championship. Jamie went. I don't think that, and I went. Okay. I okay, my friend. It's kind of part of the show is I've got to, I've got to kind of convince my colleagues of my opinion and they've got to convince me. That's how it really works. Um, Some good. people just I don't bitch. like good entertainment. But like I don't know what like people I can't remember what the comment was exactly. It was saying about like ah oh, Lewis doesn't Lewis forces his opinions on people. No, yeah, that's kind of the idea. It's kind of the idea of an opinion. That's an opinion. Like oh, I think that I think that Anaheim two will be good this weekend. Jamie goes, I don't, and then I go, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward <laughs> yeah, to it either. Right, yeah. Like, what, does, does everyone just want me to be a wet wipe over here? Like, Jesus, they just want you to be wow. a complete pushover. Yeah, yeah. No, I just don't. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, that's part of the idea. Like, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll back my opinion more than I even believe, just because I feel like I've got to do that, that because that's my familiar. job. You know what we need for a sound drop? The Barsha. Oh yeah, for him when he gets going. Yeah, this is great. I, I, I've got some sound <laughs> drops I need to pull. I just once I get home, I'll get all it done. I just, I just can't handle it sometimes. Someone tell me about Chase Sexton again to calm me down. How about FXR, which is designed uh, by racers for <laughs> racers. With industry-leading fit, finish, and performance, progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best products possible. Visit FXRRacing.com to see the numerous gear lines and colorways, as well as snow lines and lifestyle casual wear. Uh, do you want to talk about you're here in America... You're staying in America at least for a while, hopefully a few years. You watched one of the most American movies of all time, Rocky Four. Yeah, I've seen Rocky before. Yeah, but uh, oh, I watched it again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I in my mind, I feel I'm like just you impressed. Don't watch movies. I'm just other, impressed he watched so. something other than Bar to Bar. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, so, oh can we uh, go to that? No, we're going to talk oh, about Rocky Four. Okay. What did you take away from Rocky Four? What was it? I what? liked it when the man was screaming at Rocky, "No pain." Because that, and also, I think I might want to be a boxer now. Oh, okay. I liked it. It looked fun. Like, yeah, I think it'd be fun. I might do that now. So you I, may not I see know. Me for a while. I know a British pal of yours. You could go box with. I've got. A, I've got. Well, well. YouTube comments. I'm coming for you. Um, I'm just gonna fly around the world and just knock on people's doors and be like, right, you this YouTube commenter. Let's go. Hey, we could do um, really well off that. YouTube, yeah, yeah. hey, YouTube boxing fights are all the rage. Um, okay. No, uh, yeah, I like Rocky Four. I like I like Rocky in general. It motivates me. Like I feel motivated. I felt motivated after watching that. Motivated. Like the whole training and everything. Yeah, like no pain. So like when you bully me on this podcast and say hateful comments, I just think to myself, no pain, Lewis. Don't let Jamie. I never bully. I think it's the other way around. Don't let Jamie. Don't let Jamie put you down, Lewis. No pain. 
Okay. So on a on a really bright yeah. note, you want to talk about something fun we got to do this week that involved San Diego 2005? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's two things I that love, cheer I, him up. Yeah. Chase Sexton in San Diego 2005. Well, Michael kind of ruined it for me because he was there. Uh, so oh. it would have been nice if it was just me and Ricky, but me, wow. Ricky, and I don't Michael. Share. The, pro- the problem I don't is share the pod- my fun experience. The pro- problem is the podcast would have never moved on. He would have just kept circling back to San Diego 2005. Ricky would be moving. On. He's like, so you know, but what did you have for breakfast that morning in San Diego 2005? <laughs> no, um, uh, me, what was track walk like? me, Ricky, and Michael. Um, I did a podcast on Monday morning. It's two hours and ten minutes long, and it will be out soon-ish. Um, and it is focused on 2005 to 2007, his Suzuki years, because I have always felt that when Ricky is recapping his career with people, it goes so hot and heavy on the start of his career, the 90s, the early 2000s, the Jeremy era, that the Suzuki years kind of get brushed over. And as listeners of last week will know, I have a lot of questions about that. So we started from 2005 Anaheim 1, the perfect storm, James coming into 450s or 250s at the time, um, the Reed relationship, all of that. And it was good. I took a lot of happiness from it. I have replayed some of the... One, there was one thing he said, I literally had goosebumps from head to toe. Like, I was sat there, it was like an out-of-body experience. I died for a second, and then I came I, back. I looked over him, his eyes were literally, Teared like, up. this big. And, no, he was... Stu- and on that front, I watched Bar to Bar afterwards with new eyes, for, based on what my friend Ricky told me. And you found what he was talking <laughs> and about. I, and I just... It had a new perspective on everything, because I was I like... I can't oh, wait oh. to hear it. Well, I, you'll probably won't be I'll, I'll throw one little teaser in. I was... It is really cool to listen to him talk about his mentality shift mm-hmm. between Reed being his focus and James and the reasons why. And you're, there, there's so much, again, we got to spend so much time on just those two or three years more than just like, oh, how is this race? Talking to like how he was feeling mentally against the guys, who his competition was, how he was seeing the power shift between the guys. Um, it, it was really fun. And for me and Lewis, it, it kind of fit perfect because that's like, are probably peak childhood, like getting yeah. involved in the sport. So for me, it's definitely a little childhood, uh, like little kid me's jumping up and down. For well, me, I'm, I'm glad you got to have that experience. Thank Lewis. you. Thank you, Jamie. I'm glad you got to have your experience in Minnesota. Yeah, that was good. My FXR yeah. experience. Um, I will say for me, uh, to echo what Michael said, um, the coolest thing for me was just hearing him talk about Chad because you can tell a lot of thought went into Chad over the years and he still mm-hmm. has a lot of, the cogs still turn quite a lot on like, he did this, but why did he do this? But why he didn't do this? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of that. And little spoiler for, or not spoiler, teaser, little teaser, San Diego 05, when he crashed in the whoops on the last lap, he was going to bash a read in the next turn. In <laughs> he his literally own words, said that. His own words were, I've, the reason I crashed in the whoops is because I came into the whoops with a plan to go faster through the whoops than I ever have before because I was going to bash a read in the next turn. Oh, I love it. And yeah. that, if that doesn't make you excited to listen, then I don't know what will. It was fantastic. Good times with my When's friend When's that Ricky. coming out? Uh, I was going to discuss that with Michael, but not too long. Not too long. About probably like a week and a half or two at most. I've got some thoughts, but we'll finalize that and we'll share it with everyone on social media. There'll be a competition going along with it as well. Oh, yep. so fun, fun. Okay. Well, before we wrap this podcast up, it's time for the 60s helmet, 60 helmets picks of a two. Uh, since its inception almost 12 years ago, 60 Helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR-1 to its successor, the ATR-2, the goal is to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing 
creative forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmet. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, so visit 6dhelmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Uh, I got my picks already wrote down for A2. I actually went Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac, Malcolm Stewart. You um, traitor. I know. I'm pushing I'm pushing the envelope a little bit, just kind of hoping a little bit, trying to be a little risque, a little risque. Little, you know, after hanging out with Kiefer all weekend, I'm going well, to go risque. If you try and talk to Chase Sexton at Anaheim 2... I will tell him who my picks are. I will. No, I've, I will tell him to oh, stay away him. from the haters. Whatever. I'm not a hater. I'm a lover. Mm, clearly, based on those picks. What are your picks, Lewis? Uh, Chase Sexton first. Uh, Eli Tomac second. Cooper Webb third. Quite boring, really. But yeah, to be honest, we've seen enough so far to suggest they are the three best riders. You're not wrong. Taking a chance. It's a triple crown. I'm hoping for something exciting. I would like like Cade Clayson first. Oh, um, I, like ooh. some. I want excitement to that level. Yeah, that's a, that would that would be a very <laughs> exciting race. If um, that happens, I can't even imagine how that would happen. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like that would be fun. ML? Chase Sexton uh, for the win. Eli Tomac second, and Malcolm Stewart third. Okay, well, we got, at least got another Malcolm in there. I, I would have liked to have got our producer, Sean Ogden's... Am I saying that right? Ogden? Yeah. yeah. Ogden's picks, but he's still a little under the weather. We're going to get him on the show real soon. He is making this look awesome. If you guys are watching on YouTube, killing it with all the overlays and video and pictures, it's awesome. I hope my guy, Scotty T, can even remotely keep up. Um, speaking of things that aren't on this show, yeah. Um, seeing as we're wrapping it up, I yeah. have some constructive criticism. Oh, again? Not much Chase Sexton talk tonight. <laughs> Like, Except for the random do we, do we comments need, all the time yeah. to cheer do you up. Do we need a Chase Sexton segment? No, I just weekly? feel like I just he feel like we we discussed Sexton. Kenny kicking his bike, yeah. but we didn't discuss Sexton's night and his crash and heat and everything. Just, just as a as an observer, I feel like everyone in the world would have enjoyed some Chase Sexton talk. How do you feel about Chase Sexton at San Diego? It was a great night. There was nothing wrong with it at all. Perfect. And there was nothing wrong with it at all. That's all I've got to say. We're okay. rolling into Angel Stadium. Angel Stadium. A2 coming up this this weekend. Looking forward to just a few days away. I'm going to wrap this thing up because I have to go find my wallet. So I want to thank our sponsors, Racetech, Boyson, X-Brand, Guts Racing, FXR, 6D, WUSA, Motul, Luxon, Prox. I feel like I'm missing one. I've got another constructive criticism. Jesus, flipping paper. I've got another constructive criticism. Maybe just write a list. For these Separate. moments, instead of like shuffling through all the papers. Not a bad point. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lewis. I think that's going to be a wrap. We're out. We'll be back next week. Uh, I will probably be back in Texas. Why is that not playing? You have it muted. Your board is so different than mine. <laughs> you have the wrong. You muted the wrong channel. <laughs> this is so different than my board. We're out. Thanks.